College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden, New York City, broadcasting on the airwaves of WPHT 1210 in Philadelphia. Welcome to the program. Give me a follow at Rich Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And happy Father's Day weekend. We're heading into this weekend, and there's a lot of news. I was looking at some of these headlines, and one of the big headlines that we saw this week was the recall attempt on Larry Krasner, Philadelphia District Attorney Larry Krasner. He's one one of those uh, pro-crime progressives, as I like to say. These guys put more criminals on the street than anything else, than any gang ever has. But this is what's happening after the recall attempt on Chesa Budin. I'm pretty sure I'm messing that up. He's the uh, San Francisco District Attorney that was just recalled because those people spend a lot of money, they pay a lot of taxes, and they're not interested in living in a place that's crime-ridden. That's not what they're about. People are tired of Biden's brutal border policy. They're tired of his disastrous policy uh, that has left babies without formula. They're tired of inflation, gas prices that are going up, interest rates that are going up, which means less people buying vacation homes or spending money on more money on them if you want to. There's a recession that's looming. People are tired of everything. This is why you saw this big uh, historic election where a congressional seat in Texas was flipped for the first time in 150 some odd years. There's a lot going on because people are sick and tired. And just like the people in Philadelphia are tired and saying, you know what, Larry Krasner has to go. So we're going to jump into that in a second. But I also wanted to get into this back and forth that went on between Dr. Fauci and Senator Rand Paul. Totally separate issue, but it was a fascinating exchange. Dr. Fauci was there making his case that now that he's back from having COVID and he's back doing his hearings, or actually he was home, he did it from like Zoom from home, but he was well enough to do it. He says that we need more vaccines, not less, because that's how everything is going to fix everything. Listen to this. As you mentioned in your opening statement, this virus is changing and we need to keep up with it. In order to do that, we've got to do better with new vaccine platforms, such as nanoparticle vaccines. We cannot proceed with that. Now, what exactly is a nanoparticle vaccine? Now, I know you guys know that I'm being facetious because when people were talking about that a few months ago, people were saying, no, there isn't nanoparticles. We're not using that type of thing. Blah, 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 blah. But let's finish with Dr. Fauci. Unless we get additional funding. Importantly, we need to both prevent infection and transmission. We know that we cannot do that unless we get a highly effective mucosal or intranasal vaccine. We have a number of projects that will not be able to be funded unless we do get new resources to continue these funding. Now, just to get this straight, he's saying that we have all these different vaccines that people make you take. You have to take them in order to go to so many different things. People are ending their college careers and dropping out of high school and doing all these different things because kids don't want to take it. There's a really high vaccine injury rate, according to VAERS and new reporting that comes out. 
But all of that being said, he's saying we need something that's mucosal because if we don't get that, well, then this thing isn't going to work. Is that what I heard? I don't know. Let's wrap this up. These are challenges that we have that I believe will be letting the American people down if we do not use our scientific capabilities to meet the next challenge of this ever-changing virus. All right, so that's Dr. Fauci. We have to do this and do that in order to do X, Y, and Z. Okay, but it gets better because now we've got Dr. Rand Paul. Now, Rand Paul, you know, he's an ophthalmologist. He, um, he's been famous now for going toe-to-toe with Fauci with just facts and logic and leaving him baffled each and every time. Listen to Rand Paul. The government recommends uh, everybody take a booster over age five. Are you aware of any studies that show reduction in hospitalization or death for children who take a booster? Right now, there's not enough data that has been accumulated, Senator Paul, to indicate that that's the case. The, I believe that the recommendation that was made was based on the assumption that if you look at the morbidity and mortality of children within each of the age groups, you know, zero so, to five, five to 11. Right. So, so, let's, so there, there are no studies, and Americans should all know this, there are no studies on children showing a reduction in hospitalization or death with taking a booster. The only studies that were permitted, the only studies that were presented were antibody studies. So they say, if we give you a booster, you make antibodies. Now, a lot of scientists would question whether or not that's proof of efficacy of a vaccine. If I give you 10, or if I give a patient 10 mRNA vaccines and they make protein each time or they make antibody each time, is that proof that we should give 10 boosters, Dr. Fauci? Uh, No, I think that is somewhat of an absurd exaggeration. Well, that is the proof that you use. Your committees use that. That's the only proof you have to tell children to take a booster is that they make antibodies. So it's not an absurdity. You're already at like five boosters for people. You've had, you know, two or three boosters. It's like, where is the proof? Where is the proof? Where's the beef? And that's why I love it when Senator Rand Paul goes toe to toe with Dr. Fauci, because he calls it like it is. And it's important that somebody's doing that because Dr. Fauci will just ter- talk in circles. He gets very circuitous. And, well, you know, we got the mucosal and uh, well, that's an absurd exaggeration. We're not just creating these things. But what we'll do is we're making things. We're not just a creation. It's a thing and it's a creation and things are made. And that's what that is. And thank you, Senator. And that's it. And then it's over. And you're like, hey, what did that guy say? Hold on. I'm I'm seeing stars here. That was crazy, that word salad. So this is um, what's happening right now. Plus the FDA, they were having hearings earlier this week about giving boosters to children or actually vaccines to children under five when this isn't even a problem for children under five. And it just makes me think, is this just the pharmaceutical companies looking to expand their market base? Would it be like me saying, you know, we need to introduce talk radio to infants, maybe infants in the womb, have them start listening earlier. Yeah, that would be fantastic, but it's not their interest and it's it's just not something that's happening. So why create the conditions to make that happen? I guess that's my bigger question here. But speaking of creating conditions, you've got these um, pro-crime progressive prosecutors. District attorneys, many of which were funded by George Soros and his acolytes in a campaign to get these pro-criminal DAs into office because they felt that's the best way to conduct prison reform is to not put them in prison to begin with. Just keep them away from jail, not prosecute them. So cops can arrest them all they want, but we won't press charges or we'll press minimal charges. 
that won't stick in court. And some states have even passed bail reform laws that have minimized a certain number of crimes, like New York, for example. So you look at all of this stuff, and it, it begs the question, who is this actually helping? And at what point do people say, enough is enough, we don't like this thing. I don't care if these guys are getting the short end of the stick. They're killing people, robbing people, and doing all sorts of bad things. So finally, this moment has come in Philadelphia. Check this out. State Representatives Josh Kale, Torrin Ecker, and Tim O'Neill have noted an incredible outpouring of support from the public and fellow members of the Pennsylvania House of Representatives in an effort to ensure that laws are enforced in Philadelphia by the willfully derelict District Attorney Larry Krasner. Here's a quote. Since we announced our intention to file articles of impeachment against Philadelphia District Attorney Larry Krasner, there has been an outpouring of support and helpful information. Hmm. They set up a website, stopcrasner.com, and they're also pleased that many members have already signed on as co-sponsors for the forthcoming articles of impeachment, saying the public response to this and the quick support from fellow House members makes two things clear. The only person undermining Philadelphia District Attorney Larry Krasner is himself, and it's time for him to go. And this is according to the uh, My Chester County blog, mychestco.com. Now, another quote, same group of guys. This one's from the New York Post. Lives have been lost, property has been destroyed, and families have been crushed. Enough is enough. Krasner was quickly tagged as a likely subject for getting the boot because of what happened to ultra-liberal San Francisco DA, Chesa Bowden. I don't know if that's Chesa Bowden. I don't know if I'm saying it right or wrong. I'm pretty sure I'm messing it up, but that's okay. If you know, let me know. At Rich Valdez with an S. At Rich Valdez, you can correct me there. So this is what's happening in Philly, and I think it's remarkable. This is actually what needs to be done in every city where they actually have recall, where you can actually recall a public official. It's not available everywhere. People are dying to know, can we recall Joe Biden? <laughs> and I bet you'd love to. And we should. We should always look at things like that, but we can't, right? The, the recall on Biden is not a thing. We can't recall a president. We can impeach them, or we can choose to not vote for them and vote for their opponent, et cetera, et cetera. But we can't impeach a U.S. president. But why would we want to? Well, good question. I'll tell you exactly why. Because the stock market has just crashed and it doesn't look good for the economy. Inflation is up. You've got gas that's up almost 5% right now. Car costs are up over 20%. Electricity's up more than 10%. I think it's at 11% increase. And these numbers aren't even that recent. These are from like a week ago. So when you look at stuff like that, you say, man, we're in bad shape. Then you got polls. There's a poll out there that says Biden's disapproval hits a new high. I feel like every time there's a number that comes out for Biden, it's the same sentence. Disapproval rating hits a new high. And inflation, the same thing. Highest in 40 years. It just gets higher and higher, so it's the new high of the highest in 40 years. But the poll, Biden disapproval hits new high as more Americans say they would vote for Trump. Look at that. People are getting so sick and tired of this, you've got... Republicans that maybe didn't like Trump, they're like, all right, I'll vote for Trump. You got Democrats that hated Trump. They're holding their nose and they're like, all right, I'll vote for Trump or any Republican. Give me DeSantis. Give me anything. Let's go. And it's it's just fascinates me that, uh, yeah, there's a degree of uh, I was right. But there's also a, a relief in saying, wow, these people are really showing their true colors to the American people. And the American people are saying, you know what? Yeah, basta. Enough is enough. So that's really encouraging. But what do you do when it's, you know, Father's Day weekend and you're going to that barbecue with your tío, your uncle, fulano, whatever. So we have a couple of tips from Jennifer Kearns. Jennifer Kearns is a colleague of mine at Newsmax, and I'm going to bring her in for uh, an excerpt of an interview that we did 
on a nationally syndicated show, the Jim Bohannon show. I've been had the privilege of filling in lately on that show. And it's an interview show, which is not typical for my show here. This is America. So whenever there's an interview, I think you can benefit from. I like to uh, splice in a quick segment of it because I think it's beneficial. And it, it's always nice to hear what other people have to say. Although it's always nice to kind of hear what I have to say. <laughs> All right. Anyway, more to come straight ahead. Rich Valdez, Jennifer Kearns is up next. This is America. This is America. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. In times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter, JustFacts.com forward slash rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. JustFacts.com slash rich. This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, welcome back. It's Rich Valdez at Rich Valdez on all the social media. Rich Valdez with an S. And our guest, Jennifer Kearns, was a speechwriter and staffer for the 2016 presidential debates where President Trump pretty much laid the smackdown on everybody on 15 different opponents. She's also worked as a press secretary for the California Republican Party. You've seen her on Newsmax and other places. And I interviewed Jen Kearns to talk about what's going on with the news of the day and all of the crazy, as well as how to handle these situations when you have family that are just not willing to participate because of your politics. Right now we have so much that's going on with everything, right? There, there's just a drama everywhere. And I saw this article about politically divided families. And, and I thought, you know, you have that level of uh, finesse. You have that level of uh, acumen from just doing this stuff 
but yet you're still, you know, you, you use the velvet hammer. You know, you, you beat people up, but they, they still like you when they get back up after they're done seeing stars. <laughs> and, and I think that's a, that's a, that's a gift. Maybe a skill, but it's definitely a gift. And I saw this piece in AP and it says, for families deeply divided, a summer of hot buttons begins. And I thought, you know what? I want to talk to Jen Kearns about this. And I don't know if you've seen this piece or not, but give me uh, some of your thoughts on how people navigate these, uh, these tenuous moments where they're at the barbecue for 4th of July or whatever holiday they pick. And, you know, there's their uncle over there and he's got his, you know, build back better hat on and, <laughs> and maybe they're wearing their, their MAGA t-shirt. What say you, Jen Kearns? Well, first things first, I think my communication style, as you can understand this being in New York City yourself, my communication style comes from having to uh, communicate as a Republican and as a conservative in the very blue state of California. And so, Mm. you know, my whole career, I think, has been like a family gathering. You're kind of wading into the family picnic and you're the only one wearing the red MAGA hat. Um, So you kind Mm. of find it find ways to get along with folks. Um, look, I think first things first, I think that the fact that the left tries to tell us who we can and can't talk to, first of all, uh, should be the first thing that sends alarm bells. Uh, remember, this really goes back to 2013. Remember when uh, Barack Obama wanted you to talk about um, health care, talk about the Obama health care exchanges. Make sure you mention that at your Thanksgiving. Uh, here's how to talk to grandma about Remember the Pajama mm. Boy ad in December of 2013, Rich, uh, where they said, you know, uh, wear pajamas, drink hot chocolate, and and talk to your relatives about getting on the Obamacare exchange. And this is sort of the, the insidious creeping, I think, that government has had in our lives. And so I want to say that at the outset, that, you know, we can talk to our families about whatever we want to talk about. We don't just have to talk about politics and religion and all of those things that our grandmothers told us we probably shouldn't be talking about around the dinner table anyway. But having said that, you can't escape politics these days. It really is, uh, as the philosopher Pericles used to say, uh, you may not uh, think much of politics, but politics always thinks of you. There's really no escaping it these days from gas prices to the grocery store to uh, you name it. Um, inflation, it's affecting everybody. So I think the first way is to really find common ground with people. And the, the one area I'm really finding common ground with people is, is on gas prices and really talking about how those came to be, uh, how those are affecting people. And then that's a good way to get into the inflation conversation because the prices at the grocery store are affecting everybody. I think people are intelligent enough to know this is not just being caused by the war in Ukraine. There's something else going on here. And there's enough statistical and empirical evidence uh, to back up these these assertions that the Biden administration really is behind a lot of these uh, inflationary pressures. And, and that's a good way to mm-hmm. get into it. The other area uh, that well, before that we is, get into I that, think, I want to I want to yeah. get another reaction from you on energy because you brought up gas prices and I have a clip of audio I want to play for you because I want you to respond to it. It's Karine Jean-Pierre. She's the White House press secretary. And uh, I'm going to get to two questions on that. But I want you to listen to this clip. Go ahead. 
companies to do. Why not grow more here in the U.S., though? We, because we don't need to do that. What we need them to do is, with the oil that's out there, we need the, to, them to refine that oil so that we, so that prices, so that the capacity could go up and then prices would go down, okay. inherently go down. Yeah. And so, I know the president once said that he was going to end fossil fuel. Is that now off the table? No, we are going to continue uh, to move forward with our uh, clean energy uh, proposal, our climate change uh, and, and so proposal. Is that the so climate I, change I, over gas? No, that's not what we're saying. We're saying we're saying that president, we're saying I'm answering I'm answering the question. Is his answer question gas prices or is it addressing climate change? First of all, we it's you can do both at the same time. Okay, so she can walk and chew gum at the same time, although it doesn't look that way on TV, but she apparently can. And they're going to continue destroying fossil fuels in America while somehow magically lowering, lowering gas prices. Jen Kearns. Yeah, you know, this is this is one of the most frustrating things. I come from a big oil family down south in the state of Oklahoma. I grew up literally going to the job site with my dad, you know, seeing the oil wells up close. Um, this is really one of the big lies that the Biden administration is telling people, and they're only telling people half the story. So what, what Biden is saying is, oh, well, all the oil companies, they, they've got all these leases. They can start drilling tomorrow. But the fact is, in order for an oil company to start even drilling on the uh, lease they have, they have to actually pass the EPA's questionnaires, uh, and they have to pass one other regulatory hurdle. But but the big one is the EPA questionnaire. And do you know that under the Biden administration, the EPA now requires oil companies to basically, within this questionnaire, acknowledge that climate change exists? Now, there's no oil company and there's no CEO and executive of an oil company who's actually going to sign that. It is a trap. It would be the same as requiring, hey, if you want to sell cigarettes in Times Square, you've got to sign this form and admit that you know it causes cancer. Well, guess what? You can be sued uh, later by people who come back and say, you knowingly sold me a product uh, that you knew caused cancer. So this is where this is going. They're, they're going in the same direction. And, and here's what it's really about. Yes, I do believe most in the uh, uh, Green New Deal movement believe in saving the earth. I, I, I always take people at face value. I say, if that's something you say you care about, great. I respect that. But there's another part of the Democrat Party that is just trying to do the same to the oil industry as they did to big tobacco. And what it's really about is lobbying money in Washington, D.C. So um, the Democrats realized in the mid-1990s that uh, they were getting outspent in Washington by all the big uh, Republican lobbying firms. These were people employed by Philip Morris, who's a big tobacco producer, Altria. All of these groups were spending about $200 million dollars a year in lobbying and they were spending it mostly against democrats because democrats were unfriendly to their products so i think the democrats got behind a closed door and said how do we put these guys out of business the best way to do it is to completely make it difficult to sell their products and ban them directly and bankrupt their companies and i think they're following that same exact model that they did to big tobacco they're doing the same thing today to big oil we've heard it from saul amarova uh, Biden's uh, nominees to head up uh, the uh, the currency department of the United States of America. Thankfully, oh, yeah. uh, the the conservative media jumped on her and and he pulled her nomination. But she said openly on tape she wants to bankrupt oil companies. So that's really what it's about. It's not so much about they don't want you driving your SUV to go pick up your kid. This is really about money 
and, and lowering the threshold for some of the fights they want to accomplish in Washington, D.C. But to get there, they have to completely bankrupt every company that supports Republicans so that they can have full control over D.C. Wow. That's a pretty heavy take. Now, uh, fo- folks, we're on with uh, Jennifer Kearns at All American Jen on social media. Now, Jen, before we hit the break, I, I just want to get uh, a grade from you. How would you grade Corrine Jean-Pierre in her delivery and her ability to do her job? Well, look, I, I was a press secretary for 15 years. Um, it, it's a tough job, and especially when you have a press corps that's, that's really fierce, which the Capitol Press Corps is. Look, uh, I would give her mm, maybe a C plus, maybe a B minus, and, and an A for effort. I really believe, and I've been on MSNBC with her. I've met her. I've talked to her many times in, in the lobby there in the green room at MSNBC. Um, she's a very sweet person. I think she's trying very hard, and I think she really wants to communicate uh, with reporters. She has respect for the, her media colleagues, but this administration does not really want to tell the American people what's going on. I think it puts her in a very tough position. And also because she was really mostly a pundit before she took the job, she, she doesn't really have those press secretary chops. I think she is in a bit overhead. Here's the interesting thing, and I think this is racist on Biden's part. He's bringing in John Kirby to basically uh, backfill her and, and make sure that she's got you know supplementation in that role. Uh, think if a Republican was doing that, hired a, a, a first female... Uh, black LGBT plus person, mm-hmm. and then you hire an old white guy to come in because uh, the boss doesn't <laughs> think you're doing a good job. Think of the optics of how that would look. Wow. O- uh, only Joe Biden. All right, Jen Kearns, we're going to come straight back to you. I want to get your uh, reaction to this war on women, not only the book, uh, but <laughs> what's actually happening with Ginny Thomas. Apparently, you can't have free speech. She's the author of the upcoming book, War on Women. I want you to hear this audio clip. It's about half a minute of Jackie Alamany from The Washington Post. She's saying that the involvement of Ginny Thomas are a lot deeper than they appear to be. I think this is a great example of the war on women coming from women on the left. Listen to this. As more and more information comes in, we have to remember this is a live, ongoing investigation at the moment moment we are reporting does not show that the committee is considering necessarily calling her in as a witness but that because of these emails that have recently been delivered to the committee by john eastman because of a, a ruling by a federal court judge david carter uh, that happened just last week that the scope of her involvement in these efforts to overturn the results of the election is now wider than previously known and what's under discussion is at least using a part of a hearing to focus on her uh, involvement Okay, so apparently if you're Karine Jean-Pierre, you can date somebody from CNN. That's okay. The the uh, the incestuous nature of Washington, D.C. is okay for Democrats. But if Jeannie Thomas knows John Eastman and she happens to be married to a Supreme Court justice, stop the presses. Right. And and, and never mind that Jeannie Thomas herself has had an illustrious career, uh, not quite as predominant as her husband, but she has been a constitutionalist and a great freedom fighter in her own right over the last 30 years. So, you know, they're, they're, again, it's this subtle bashing of conservative women and any woman, frankly, who's independent thinking and doesn't fall in line with the Democrat Party. This will be very interesting because, you know, Jenny Thomas is quite sassy. She has said, quote, I can't wait to clear up these misconceptions. So it does look like she will go 
uh, testify about this. And so I think that'll be interesting. That'll be must-see TV. If you haven't been tuning in, kind of the, the ratings for these hearings have kind of been waning. I'm going to be tuning in for the Jenny Thomas Day uh, for mm-hmm. sure. But look, what this is about, Rich, and you know this as well as anybody else, this is really an attack on Clarence Thomas, right? This is really an attack on the most conservative justice of the Supreme Court. And, and this is also a continued part of the left attack on the court. Um, I believe, and there are some writings from AOC going way back about this, uh, that the left really wants to abolish the court. Why is that? Well, they want to either pack it with so many justices, 28 justices, that it's really sort of a banana republic court, kind of a chaotic court where, you know, then then the mass mob, the violent mob outside that's pounding on the doors can sort of sway the opinion. Or they want to abolish the court completely, because if you look across the land, look at the DAs, look at all the crime in the country, Democrats really don't respect the rule of law. They don't, whether it's, you know, the the criminal laws, the justice reform, bail laws, uh, they don't really respect the rule of law. And so how dare the Supreme Court uh, be issuing the last few rulings uh, against them on things that they disagree with? Uh, I think this is really about taking down Justice Clarence Thomas and putting pressure on him. Luckily for us, he's not a man that's easily intimidated. Amen to that. Now, the book is The Real War on Women, Time's Up for Radical Feminism and the Democrats' Liberal Progressive Socialist Agenda and The Feminist Exit, How Liberals Have Betrayed Women and Why It's Time for a Feminist Exit, Hashtag Fexit. (laughs) I think that's clever. I can't wait for the book. It comes out in August. Uh, We'll have you back on to talk about the book. Jennifer Kearns, thank you for being with us. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much, Rich. You got it. So more to come straight ahead. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. The 45th President Donald Trump thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good. It's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, you're listening to Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And I'm getting to the news of the day. Been a crazy week, so I'm trying to bring you as many different headlines and different perspectives as I can. You've got the federal government now asking for $10 million to study how to ask about sexual orientation in the census so that they could uh, do research and development on how to ask citizens about their sexual identities. The money, which would be spent over several years, would be used to test different wordings for the question, examine response patterns, and craft the most succinct questions for the American Community Survey. Some major consideration in crafting new questions for the U.S. Census is that many citizens' information is reported via proxies. This includes parents, spouses, and heads of households. And how proxies describe the sexual identities of others in their home is in another area of consideration. So if you're a parent and you describe your children as straight or trans or whatever, 
that's not good enough because obviously you don't know your parent, even though you're the legal guardian of this child. So now they're trying to figure out new ways of asking these questions. And again, to me, this is just a way to open up the door so that they could say, we want to ask your kids directly. We want direct access to your kids the same way they do it in public schools. This is absolutely um, a slippery slope is what I'll say, because it's it's just out of hand. I mean, look, look at this. You had a group of parents that were in Pittsburgh, I believe, that just sued the school board because they said, you know what? This is enough. This is too much. And now you've got parents in Albany. It's a controversial topic sweeping through school districts across the country. This is from uh, CBS 6 News in Albany. Teaching kids about sexuality and gender identity. Hmm. Some have raised concerns in cities including Pittsburgh and Chicago. Now several parents in Avril Park Central School District are speaking out over what they say is being taught to 7th graders. Now in the Pittsburgh case, parents are alleging that the school taught 1st graders about gender dysphoria without ever getting their consent for it saying that this violated their civil and constitutional rights after their children were allegedly taught about gender identity without any type of parental consent. The suit was filed by parents Carmilla Tatel, Stacy Dunn, Gretchen Melton, who all agree that their parental rights under the federal civil rights law to direct the education and upbringing of their children, as well as their First Amendment rights, were violated as a result of what took place. The complaint alleges that Megan Williams, a first grade teacher at Jefferson Elementary School, which is part of the Mount Lebanon School District in Pittsburgh, violated parents' rights when she injected her personal beliefs around gender dysphoria and gender transitioning into her first grade classroom. Among the instruction on these topics that Williams allegedly gave was a video she played for the six and seven year olds called Jacob's New Dress. Williams also began the process of interjecting her own personal life views in the classroom. She had worn an Elsa dress for Halloween. The complaint says it also alleges that Williams explained to her students that sometimes parents are wrong and parents and doctors make mistakes when they bring a child home from the hospital. Wow, imagine that you're in first grade or your first grader comes home and they're like, hey, did you make a mistake with me? I think I'm really a boy. Because you know what? When my kid was in pre-K, she said she wanted to be a doctor when she grew up and she wanted to be a watermelon. That's how kids are. These are things that actually happen. I'll go back to this. The child of one of the plaintiffs explained to his mother that Williams had told him that I can wear a dress and have hair like my mom. The complaint continues noting that Williams targeted one of the plaintiff's children for repeated approaches about gender dysphoria and told him not to tell his parents about their conversations. Holy smokes. Are you kidding me? This teacher is literally thinking she's doing some, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt here. The teacher believes that she's helping some kid that she may think has queer tendencies or whatnot, saying, oh, you don't have to tell mommy or daddy. What you want to be is all up to you. This absolutely undermines the social contract that we engage in when we trust our children to a school district. This woman has to go and she has to go now and it has to be a very public firing because there are tons of teachers like this. They're being produced, mass produced in teacher colleges all over the country. And they come out and they believe that, no, no, no. You want your kids to know two plus two? Send them to private school. I'm going to teach your kid that, you know, it's not Jack and Jill, it's Jack and Bill. This is crazy. And it's not crazy. Excuse me, I'm breaking everything. It's not crazy that a child wants to be gay. It's crazy that they're having assistance from teachers. There have been gays forever. We haven't always had teachers that 
bring them into that direction. And guess what? Back in the days when we did, we called them groomers. We called them pedophiles. We called them child sexual assault and whatever else comes in that umbrella. That's why people do these things. There's no other purpose in doing this. Now, she may be doing it because, like I said, in an altruistic way, because she thinks all lives matter and everybody's whatever and blah, blah, blah. That's fine. Love trumps hate is the term I'm thinking of. That's fine if she wants to think that. Just don't think it in the classroom when you're dealing with other people's children. I don't know. If I'm right or I'm wrong, let me know. At Rich Valdez on all of the social media. I'm on Getter, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Truth Social. Let me know. Parlor. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this stuff because I think this is crazy. Again, my handle is at Rich Valdez with an S. The Mount Lebanon School District told the uh, National Desk, which is where I'm reading this from, nationaldesk.com, that the lawsuit contains various allegations that are untrue or based on partial truths and mischaracterize events for sensational effects. So the school district seems to be having the back of the teacher saying, look, we're going to indoctrinate your kids. Indoctrination will happen here. If you don't like it, you can always keep your kid home, homeschool your kid, go to private school. But as long as tax dollars are doing it, we're going to teach them whatever we feel like it. That's not necessarily legit. But that's what's going on. And parents need to wake up. They could sue all they want. But where they really should put their money is into a private school or into curbing whatever they have to do to make as much money as they do. If you can afford to stay home or work less hours and train your own kids, you're going to be better off because this is a scary time in the world. And this isn't just happening in classrooms. This is happening in lots of places uh, on both sides of the argument, right? So Christian Reformed Church of America voted on Tuesday to recommend a report on human sexuality to its churches. And this is interesting because they met on the uh, campus of Calvin University in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And after the discussion in the afternoon, they said this human sexuality report will be useful in providing a summary of biblical teaching regarding human sexuality. And, and there's debate here. There are some denominations that want to uh, take it further. There are some that want to be more traditional. In this particular report, the majority is recommending making the denomination's stance on LGBTQ plus relationships a confessional issue, a core belief for members of the church, and adding to question number 108 in their catechism saying that Adultery, premarital sex, extramarital sex, polyamory, pornography, and homosexual sex all violate the Seventh Commandment. This is what they're doing with their, within their church rules. Church leaders read some of the human sexuality report during the meeting that day and said they warmly encourage institutions and agencies of the Christian Reformed Church to develop resources to support effective life-affirming pastoral care in the areas of sexuality, marriage, and gender. So, you can see some churches are saying before this gets any further, before, you know, maybe larger denominations like the Catholic Church or whatnot, take this in a different direction and okay it like the Episcopal Church did. They're going in the other direction saying we want to clarify this. We think it violates the Seventh Commandment. We consider it sin. It's something you should confess about and, and you know, work on. And it's an interesting debate. That's all I can say. Uh, and I tend to agree with that position. But I think that this is something that isn't going away. And as you, if you took a look at this every 50 years, you know, snapshot every 50 years, I'd say we're getting closer and closer to having unwed gay priests in every church. But maybe that's just me being cynical. And again, if the uh, assessment that you're getting from my statement is that I think that's a bad thing, I would say I just think it's not in line with biblical tradition. But I will say I do have a friend. He was a politician in Jersey, ended up um, getting, um, what's that word they use, outed as, as a gay man. And uh, he was a professor of mine. He told me the story. And he eventually got out of politics, got out of teaching as well, 
and became a priest in a denominational church that accepted homosexual priests, and that is what he does now. He's, he's a full-time priest. So it's, and he's still my friend, and we don't agree on certain issues, but I don't treat him any different. And, and this is where I, I wonder how, how this will continue to move forward, because I think you can have that relationship, you can have that conversation when there is a mutual sense of loving your neighbor and being civil and respectful to the people that you may not agree with. Because when I go outside, I don't say, oh, well, that person is not of my faith. I don't agree with that person. Or that person voted for so-and-so. I'm not going to talk to that person. I don't do that. I, I, matter of fact, for a living, I talk to people oftentimes that disagree with me. And, you know, we chop it up on the air sometimes. But I'm, I'm always happy to have that conversation and walk away shaking hands, smiling, whatever, because I don't think we should be killing each other. That's just me. Some people say I'm Mr. Softy and I need more edge. And that's probably not going to happen because I don't want to kill the other side. I want to discuss and debate and maybe even convince the other side. And I won't win every time, but at least I tried. And we made the conversation and we made the attempt to establish some sort of common ground because there's always going to be people that we don't agree with. So anyway, there's more to come straight ahead. I am Rich Valdez. We're going to do the wrap up. You're listening to This is America. This is America. In times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter, JustFacts.com forward slash rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. JustFacts.com slash rich. This is America. He's got the best head of hair in podcasting. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. And again, we're kicking it off here, going into Father's Day weekend. And the, the world is crazy. The world's upside down. You've got inflation up, gas prices up. The scarcity of finding baby formula is up. Biden's poll numbers look horrible. Those are going down. And of course, a lot of people's wages are going down because they can't afford to buy as much as they used to because dollars are worth less. And all of that being said, I say this. Look, we have to hold on to some of the things that are, you know, eternal truths. And one of the things that has been true for me always is so many of the things that my dad taught me. And I want to finish on this note with you know, standing up for what's right, doing what's right. A lot of that I learned from my dad. My dad always told me to tell the truth, to do what's right, to not be a full of crap kind of person. And these are lessons that I appreciate, but we need to be an example of and to future generations and make sure that the things that you're standing up for are those things right now. So right now it's important that we don't say, ah, it's rigged, I can't vote. You might as well throw in the towel and not with voting, with everything. What, are you going to just stop living and allow the world to go to hell in a handbasket like Bob Grant used to say? Of course not. you got to stand up. you got to do what's right now because America needs you more now than she's ever needed you. Sir Edmund Burke, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to do nothing. Hamilton, you got to stand for something because if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. So my dad always told me, mata al perro y se acaba la rabia. If you kill a rabid dog... It won't be rabbit anymore. So 
use that advice to get rid of those problems in society that are issues. And I don't mean going and killing anything other than bad ideas, but it's time. It's time for all of us to take the bulls by the horn and say, no, enough is enough. We're going to vote everything out. We're going to stand up for what's right. We're going to go to every last meeting and we're going to do what we have to do to ensure the right future for the young people, the little people that are out there because they're being led astray in more ways than one. Hasta la próxima. Until the next time, I am Rich Valdez wishing everybody a phenomenal Father's Day. And this is America. This is America. 